Welcome to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. I'm Gabby. And I'm Sarah. And we are two physical therapy students on our journey to get that DPT debt free. And our vision for you is to get through PT school on your first try without any debt. Join us as we navigate through the insanity of physical therapy school together. The SPT Secret Society is open for students who are looking to make a massive change in their PT school journey with fellow SPTs from around the world through our three pillars of study habits, personal development, and finances. This is for the motivated SPT ready to take action now because you know PT school is only a couple years long. So what are you waiting for? Click the link right now in the show notes to join us in the SPT Secret Society. And get your first month free by emailing us, ecretsay, E-C-R-E-T-S-A-Y. Looking for a gift for a friend, classmate, professor, co-host of a podcast, or really anyone? Physio Memes got your back with apparel, drinkware, and home decor. And if you go to physiomemes.com, you can get a 20% off coupon with the code gratitude, spelled G-R-A-D-I-T-U-D-E-2020. And don't forget to check out his social media for a good study break laugh. As always, make life humorous. Welcome to another episode of Gratitude, everyone. And we are super pumped to have our guest today. And Donna is on the podcast. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you both for having me here. And um, like I was saying before, I'm just glad that things lined up that we were able to finally get have the opportunity to, to talk. So thank you. Yeah, we're so excited to finally be chatting. And for the people who don't know you, you want to tell a little bit about what got you into PT in the first place? Yeah, sure. So um, as uh, it was said, I'm, my name is Donette and I am a non-traditional student. So I actually had been in school, graduated in 2003. And while I was in school, I actually had sat out and when got my um, certification and license in massage therapy. So I only had maybe three semesters left. So I just went ahead and finished my, um, my degree just, you know, just to have it because it's, it's good to have. That's what everyone told me. So I'm glad that I did. And in that time I had been working as a massage therapist. So all, you know, throughout my time as a massage therapist, I just began to meet more and more people that had a greater need than what I was able to give with, you know, staying within my scope of practice. And I was introduced by another one of my clients who had a TBI and she was seeing everyone, you know, OT, PT, um, speech therapy, and she really put the bug in my ear for physical therapy. And uh, so I looked into it and I got so excited and just to realize that there was another, um, some, you know, other things that I can use in my toolbox that stayed pretty much close to what I was doing with manual therapy. But then now you have this whole other realm with being able to diagnose and using interventions. And it was just all so exciting to me. So I started down that path. And at this point, when I decided that I wanted to go back to do physical therapy, I had been out of school for 10 years. So talking to my husband about it, went back, did all these um, uh, 
classes that I need to redo my prereqs because they had been pretty much expired at that point. Or, you know, just to bump up my GPA because I'm also a low GPA applicant as well. So there were so many things that I just needed to do to get myself to be more competitive. And during that time, while I'm retaking classes, I got married and we had our, our daughter. And so, <laughs> you know, if I'm already making something, PT school's already difficult. So I'm just adding more to, on my plate, but it, it, I'm glad that the way that things worked out, it, it did um, add a lot more dimension to how PT school has been. So that's kind of my track on how I actually got into the field and during, the same year that I was going to apply for PT school, I was in a pretty bad car wreck. And so I was in the ICU, had several pelvic and, and hip fractures, rib fractures. And I never, you know, people have that story of why they got into PT school because they may have had an injury. And I already knew this was something I had been working towards now five years at this point, but it just added another depth and layer to really affirming why I wanted to get into physical therapy school and the type of therapist that I want to be. So it was a very traumatic experience, but at the same time, like I said, it, it added a lot of depth and, and growth to me personally. And, um, and now here I am, I have six months left to graduate and, <laughs> and yeah, that's, that's pretty much the story of how I got into to physical therapy and when, where I am, I'm going now. What an amazing story. And how long were you a massage therapist? So how long were you a therapist to um, like that gap of when you started PT school? So 2003 is when I graduated. And then when I actually got into PT school, that was 2019. So yeah, about 17 years going on 18 now. Yeah. Wow. Oh my goodness. And when you applied to PT school, what were some of the things that you were looking for um, now? Because I know you are in a, a hybrid program. So tell mm -hmm. us a little bit about that. So in terms of what I was looking for in a pro in a PT program for yes with your family and yeah yeah so that was definitely a big thing because like you said I have a family I didn't want to uproot them so I initially was looking for programs that were in the state of Georgia because I, I live in Georgia but because I was a low GPA applicant and I would have had to take and, and also because of the accident, it was hard for me to take more classes just financially. I was out of work at the time because when I was taking all my prerequisites, I was paying all of that out of pocket by doing um, massage therapy. So the accident really put a wrench in, in all of that. So I had to go back to the drawing board, look for other programs that fit my um, family dynamic. And then that's when I found South College. So South College just checked off all the marks. It, it's a hybrid, pro hybrid program. So it gave me the opportunity to do all the didactic work at home so I could be with my family. But then when we did have to go uh, to Knoxville to do all the hands-on um, applications, that was quarterly. So I would just go up there every three months, be there for a couple of weeks at a time. And and then on top of that, it's it was a two-year program. So it, it was just, everything was just perfect. And they looked at my last 60 uh, credit hours. So I was also a stronger applicant in that regard because it looked at all the classes that I had retaken with my prerequisites. 
and it just and and it worked out and I actually the first time I had applied to them I didn't get in and in my mind I thought oh you know I've I'm doing all this work and and I they'll see that I'm a mom and I'm working and it, it all those things you know and it just it wasn't the right time to to apply and and I really didn't showcase myself enough with my academically and as well as with my my essays so second time around it really was the winner and that's when I had met Gabby and I had met Casey and Joseph through pre-PT grind and their accepted system so those are the things that had helped me to, to get in, but that's definitely what I was looking for. I was looking for something as a non-traditional student. I found a non-traditional program and it really worked out to, for my benefit. And it was in two years, like PT school, people yeah. think can be challenging enough in three right. or four right. if you guys are doing a flex program, but this is kind mm-hmm. of condensed. So what is the semester or quarter layout look like? And mm-hmm. I know you said, you know, every quarter you guys go for your in-person stuff for a few weeks and then you kind of come back and do your didactic online, but just kind of talk right. us through the layout. Yeah. So it's on a quarter system. So every quarter, so that's every three months we're, we're doing all of the didactic work. So we have our pre-recorded and so our sync sessions, which are live, you know, lectures that we have every day during the week, and then the asynchronous, which is the pre-recorded lectures. So we have all of that work where we can go at our pace, but you really, there's not much leisure time <laughs> to, to actually read, you know, listen to, to all those lectures because there is such a strict schedule. So you listen to the asynchronous lecture, lectures, you take your notes, and then Monday through Thursday is when we take anywhere from one to two lectures. A, a day. And then on Fridays, those are our exam days. So we do that for about eight, eight to nine weeks. And then that's when we go to Knoxville to do our lab immersions. So these are the lab intensives. So this is seven days a week while you're up there. So you can be there from anywhere, seven days to 14 days. And that's 8am to 5pm. So they treat it just like a job. And they want us to get used to that pace of basically being mentally stimulated and physically active, just like you would if you were in the clinic. And it's really, it's fun. I mean, it is a lot of work, but they make it fun and they make it engaging. And that's when you get a chance and opportunity to meet all your, your classmates. So it's like a little reunion every quarter. And, um, and yeah, so that's pretty much how, how the layout works for that. And then the last, so quarter five is when we have our first clinical rotation and that's eight weeks and then on quarter seven and quarter eight you can either do a six month long rotation or you can split that into two so it would be a 12 and a 13 week rotation and that's what I opted to do just so I can have more opportunity to more exposure to to different settings and then you graduate oh my goodness Boom. (laughs) And boom, you're done. So how many classes are you taking at a time, I guess, per quarter? And then how many breaks do you even get a winter break or yeah, where are your breaks? So yeah, the, you can take anywhere from five to six classes, but they stagger them. So you're not always taking, you know, all those classes at one time. So you can one class, 
may end on week six or week five. And then you the, the next class will, will come in and then you do that through the duration of the, the lab immersion. So it, it, it makes it digestible that, that way. And um, in terms of our breaks, in between quarter breaks are not that long. And that's really why we're able to, to get it done in two years because we don't get a lot of those breaks that you traditionally would if you were in a traditional program. So we may have anywhere from four days to seven days between each quarter. Now the winter quarter, this is actually our longest break that we've had. So it'll be two weeks and a couple of days, you know, and, and I'm relishing it. I'm taking it all in. <laughs> yeah. Take advantage of it. And I think that's so cool. So for when you go in person and doing your hands-on work, how, mm-hmm. how is the day structured? Do they have, you know, half the day you're focusing on one class and then you switch to another, how is that process? And then if you want to talk about practicals as well. Okay. Yeah. So when we're actually there, they give us the schedule beforehand. So for instance, this last quarter, well, maybe I shouldn't use that as an example because things have changed a lot virtually. Uh, But typically you would have whatever uh, course that you're doing, you're doing that for the duration of those say two to three days. So if you are taking your MSK class, you would do that for three to four days. And then at the end of that period, you go on and take your your next course. And that'll be for the next three or four days. And at the end of each period for that course is when you do either your skills checks, you do your oral exams or practicals. So that is that's the transition. Once you've taken that oral practical or that skills check, then the next day is when you go right into to the next course load. And at the end of taking all those courses, or I'm sorry, all of those hands-on things for that class, you go home (laughs) and then you do your final exams. So typically we take final exams once we've left Knoxville. I think for anatomy, that's the exception when we actually take the final exam there because they have all of the, the, uh, what do you call it? Little models there so that we can have time to, to study for that. And they'll have open lab at the end so that we can actually stay there and study for as long as we feel like we need. That's and really cool. Did I answer everything? <laughs> yeah, you got it. And you know, you're also a non-traditional student. So how mm-hmm. did this actually help you in your non-traditional program? Well, I, I feel like it was really life experiences. And just having the background with working as a, as a massage therapist, I'm used to interacting with a lot of different people, right? And it helped, especially when it came to the MSK courses and um, things like advanced interventions where you're really hands-on. And there's a lot of apprehension if you've never been in people's space that way and touching on them and feeling what their, their tissues are like. And so I can understand that, but that definitely was a, a benefit to me in, in that regard. And also not being afraid to ask for help when I need it or not being afraid if I don't know the answer to something and seeking, seeking help in that regard, whether it's from faculty or from another classmate. And I think that was definitely something that I 
didn't do well with when I was an undergrad is not taking advantage of the help when it was there. Because, I mean, that's what the faculty is, is there for. And it does seem scary when you're talking sometimes when you're talking to someone that is in authority. But I, I've definitely kind of surpassed that now just in the, the stage of life that I'm in and realizing that they want you to succeed and they're excited to see you succeed and do well. And and so that that definitely helped me in that regard and mentally. Yeah. And you also said, so you got married and had a baby while you were in the process of applying to PT school? <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, I do things in, in the right order. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so that first, my first semester of retaking my prerequisites, um, how I think I was like 32. And we said, you know, where you're doing this and time's not going backwards. We're not getting any younger. We hadn't really talked about having kids at that point. You know, we we sort of did, but we didn't have a timeline. We just thought it, it'll happen when it happens. But this really kind of made things speed up. So um, I, I talked to some of my best friends about it. We planned the wedding in three months. I told them what I wanted. They found a venue. We had everyone kind of come together um, as far as like best friend as photographer and best friend as, as DJ. So that really helped to, to take the load. So I really didn't have to do too much. And, and I'm pretty low key, you know, I didn't really need a, a, a huge ceremony or, or anything like that. So, so yeah, we, we got married in three months and then Alanis was due the end of that year in January, but she, you know, gave us a little tax break. She came a little early <laughs> at the end of December. And that was maybe like a, a week or two after my final for, for that, that semester. So yeah, took that year off and everyone was, you know, th that knew what I was really trying to do. They said, are you sure you want to take a year off? Because do you think that you're going to go back? I said, are you kidding me? Do you know <laughs> all the stuff that I've, you know, kind of planned and sacrificed to, to get to this point right now? That wasn't a worry at all. And after that year, I jumped right back in and took the rest of my courses and ha I've had the support of my family and especially my husband throughout that whole time. And it, it's, I've been very blessed and very fortunate. And here you are today. So talk <laughs> a little bit about, I know, well, for everyone listening, you have a podcast and talk a little bit about that and um, why you wanted to start it. You know, there's these two girls, um, Gabby and Sarah, <laughs> I think. <laughs> And, you know, I've always just been in awe of the two of you. I don't want to get too mushy because, you know, I, I'm always just giving you guys praises. But between Casey and Joseph with the accepted system and then Greg Todd, I might be spit it, spitting out names that some people may not have heard, but Greg Todd with the Smart Successes Health Healthcare now. So we kind of changed the name up. But having the opportunity to meet all of these professionals and just the influence that they have in sharing who they are and just telling their stories. And it's been, it's always just so inspiring. And so, yeah, I, every lab, whenever we had the opportunity to go to Knoxville, 
I'd link up with some of the other parents, especially the moms. And we just kind of talk about life and kids and grades and school. And, and it, it was always just fun just talking to them. And then realizing for me that I'm not the only one that's having a hard time when it came to trying to find balance and the, just the transition of being now being a full-time student. And then also making sure that you're giving the attention to your spouse or your child. And, and it was hard. It was really hard. And so just knowing that there were other people that were going through the same thing that I was and even getting a lot of inspiration from hearing them talk. So then that's when the, the idea for the podcast came along and everyone thought I was crazy. They said, well, you're, you're in a, you know, this accelerated program. How are you going to have, find time for that? And I said, you know, and, and I had the full support of the dean and even my classmates who were willing to be on the podcast. And so it was really exciting just to, to brainstorm it. And then so I had the first podcast go out and the reception was, was awesome. And and then started getting people, you know, messaging me and saying, oh, my gosh, I wish there was something like out there when I was in PT school just to, to have other people to talk to or to be influenced by and inspired by. And and so that's really what has made me continue to, on to do this. Uh, it's been difficult, really, you know, just to be honest, to be as consistent as I want to just because of the way that the structure of the program is and finding that time to edit because I'm doing it all by myself. I, there's a lot of people who would like to help, but they're in PT school also. So <laughs> just trying to um, to find that time for teaching someone how to do editing and and all of those things. It's it really it's been hard. It's been difficult to to find that time. But you know, for the the content that is out there right now, it seems to be reaching people, and and I'm excited just to give that platform for people to to have that conversation about what life looks like for them, and it's different for everyone, and just to know that the way that they're going through the program and the things that they're feeling is not it's not wrong. They're not doing things wrong. And everyone does is unique in the, in their approach. And even I, I found value in every conversation that I have with all the moms that I've had the opportunity to talk to. And so it's exciting for me just to hear them speak because I don't have all the answers. You know, I, I won't lie to myself or to anybody else that even though I I'm in the, you know, the PT school now and I am almost finishing, but I still, I still struggle myself making time for myself for mental health when you know that you should. We all know how vital our, our mental health is, but sometimes in the reality of things, it doesn't always work out that way. So yeah, just being open and honest with those conversations. And it's been a fun journey and I can't wait to see now that I will have a little bit more leisure time to be able to get out there and talk to more moms that, that are willing to. I'm so excited for how your podcast continues to grow because honestly, I am shocked nobody started something like this sooner because there's so many moms in PT right. school. Right. And and I said the same thing and I was like, surely there, there's something that's out there. And there really wasn't specifically for physical therapy. I mean, there, there are so many resources out there for mothers in general and moms helping moms but nothing specifically for physical therapy. So 
I was excited to be able to be one of those people to, to initiate that, that conversation. And even talking to moms who are practicing PTs and how, how they're making it work. So trying expanding you know, the platform to not just students, but also professionals, mothers that are, are professionals and um, practicing clinicians. It's such a vital conversation and I'm just so pumped for it. And so the real question is, how do you, as a mom in PT school, find a quote unquote balance among everything going on? Yeah, it's an illusion. <laughs> it's, it's more about now, you know, I'm realizing more and more that it's about prioritizing and that list changes all the time. And communication, that's the biggest thing. It sounds so cliche, but it's true. So letting, you know, my husband know, okay, this is what my workload is like. These are my exams. This is what I have coming up. Um, and so he jumps on board and he's like, whatever you need, just, just let me know. And he'll fill in those gaps for, for whenever um, I'm not able to cook dinner or put Alanis to bed or, you know, something like that. And so it's really been all about communication. And so Alanis will be seven and 10 days from this time that we're recording. And from the moment that I got into school, I've always talked to her about what's going on and what mommy's doing and what mommy's trying to achieve. And so not just being open with my spouse, but so with my child. So, and I don't think that children are too young to have that conversation, you know, with them because they watch you, they see what you're doing. And I realized that I needed to change how much I was actually um, devoting my time to studying when one day Alanis came to me, she goes, you know what, I thought that I wanted to be a physical therapist, but you, you study so much, mom. She's like, I want my weekends. I need my weekend. <laughs> and I said, oh my gosh, I need, I need to switch this up. This is not, I don't want her to think this is what life is like, you know? I mean, granted, sometimes you need to put an extra time. And, um, but I, I didn't want her to always see me with the book in my hand or my face in the computer, you know, mommy has to study. And she's very much, I, I love the whole love languages. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that but her love languages are physical touch and quality time. And it doesn't mean that I have to play with her 24 seven, even though she would love that, but just me being by her side while I'm studying. So she could do her homework or she could be playing a game and just her, me being in her presence is just enough. Uh, sometimes just holding her hand while I'm studying. I mean, it really is that simple and making it intent you know, really purposeful. And, and it may, it means a lot. So, so yeah, I've, those are things that have really kind of helped. And like I said, it's not so much having balance, but prioritizing, prioritizing time for yourself, for those that are in your family, as well as friends too, you know, um, just having a quick conversation. So that's, that's what it's been like for me. And I, I wish I would definitely do things differently if I were to do this all over again 
and realizing that I don't need to spend 24 hours, you know, studying because it, it doesn't, it's not like it really helps you to retain <laughs> things in, more than if I weren't, you know, sometimes it actually can hurt you to overstudy. So, so yeah. That's really, really good advice. And don't overstudy. I feel like we, we all go into that um, mm-hmm. just habit and it's a feel like a negative feedback loop sometimes and yeah. it's just over and over again until, you know, like you said, your daughter just wants quality time with you and to spend and not only your daughter, but your husband and right. talking with your other family members as well. And I feel like, especially now it's just so important. And so you mentioned, you know, with a hybrid program, you are doing online didactic, mm-hmm. but how did that change with uh, the pandemic, if it did at all with going in person? Mm-hmm. So for me, it really didn't change too much because we were already doing everything online with the exception of, of the lab immersions. So they did make changes for our labs of giving everyone the opportunity to do things virtually. So, you know, that means you got to get a little creative. If you don't have a partner, maybe you make your little makeshift dummy or use a doll or <laughs> it's not the same, but whenever I had the opportunity to go in person, I, I did. And uh, we had rules where we had pods. So we stayed within our pods. So that could have been anywhere from eight to, to 10 students, making sure that you're wearing masks, you know, all the, the things to, to protect yourself and to protect others. And like I said, the, if I had the opportunity to go in person, I did for this last lab immersion, instead of being there the whole 14 days, I just went there for one class that had all the hands-on and that was four days, four, four or five, five days that I was there. And then I came back home and did the rest virtually. So that was one of the things that changed was mainly for the lab immersions. Now for Alanis with being in school initially, everything was virtual. So I became a stay-at-home mom that was also homeschooling. And that was the roughest transition ever. And I, people may not think of it me this way, but I'm an, an introvert. I'm a social introvert. That's how I, that's how I describe myself. And so to have this child who is very much an extrovert, who craves, you know, social interaction to see her kind of change. It was, it was so hard. It really was. And so it, it, that was very different, difficult uh, transition with trying to make sure that I'm doing my work, but then making sure that she's doing her work as well. Um, but, but now, you know, they're kind of back, almost back to normal somewhat. Uh, they, they go Monday through Thursday, all the, the students, they wear their masks. So that's just the norm, get their temperature checks. And um, on Fridays, they do virtual classes, which for me, like I said before, Fridays are my exam days. <laughs> so, you know, just that's the time where, you know, I kind of do the whole of how much screen time is too much. And she loves it. She's like, oh, mom, you have exams today? How many? One or two? Two? Yes. That means more, more screen time for me. <laughs> and so we just have to, uh, again, prioritize, make those adjustments. And so, yeah, for me, it didn't, it wasn't too much of a change because we already were used to the online model. 
except for like I said, the exception of the lab immersions, and then and then yeah, with with Alana with school. So that's that's what it was like, and I, I was thankful to be in that position because I know it has not been a smooth transition for a lot of traditional traditional students. What advice would you have for traditional students trying to go? online well I mean now it's December 2020 as we're recording this so everyone's kind of gone through (laughs) this transition but like how do they make it the best they possibly can I I think you know definitely making sure that you have a great village you can't it's hard to do this alone you know especially if you're one of those people again that you you need that social interaction you still have that. I mean, that's one of the great things that has come out of all this is the use of technology. So, you know, you have your Zoom calls, you have your text messaging and all of those things. So definitely take advantage of technology that'll help you to stay connected with your classmates and stay connected with your professors. And I think that was one of the really vital things through all of this is to, to stay connected with um, classmates. And so if, if you feel yourself, feel that you are alone in that regard, because now things are online, pick up your phone, see who, or, or email list and see who's there and just c- connect with people in that regard. And I, uh, again, I think that's one of the, the biggest things is having that connection with other people to get through. Oh yeah, definitely. And it's been, it's definitely been challenging and mm-hmm. like you said, not seeing everyone. And I know we see each other at conferences when we're able right. to, so it's been, it's been hard, but like you said, mm-hmm. we have the power of de- technology and each other. So that really does help. And so where do you see, let's go back to the podcast. Where do you see your podcast going? And I don't know if you've gotten this question before, but when you graduate this year, do you have an idea of you're going to continue it or what is the goal and vision that you have? Yeah. So I definitely want to, like I said, I kind of started a little bit with expanding it, not just with students, but with new grads or those who are actually practicing clinicians that have a family and how they balance it all, having resources for how everyone can stay connected. Maybe even, and again, you know, seeing how Gabby and Sarah have done this with the scholarships, you know, having scholarship for a mother that's in PT school. So just being a, a resource for them, being a support system and expanding that voice of someone who is in school and even transitioning beyond and finding jobs, how do they find a job, finding a job that actually supports you as a mother um, that's working and questions that you may not think to ask your potential employer, you know, when you're interviewing. So just the the whole continuum from being a student and to being a a practicing clinician. And I, I definitely, I would love to continue this because this will be something that I will be continuing on also. And I'll be going on this journey along with other listeners as well. So yeah, I, I would like to, to continue it on for as long as I'm able to, and hopefully even get me, you know, a Sarah or a Gabby to, to help out. 
that would be great. Oh, that could be a whole nother episode. Finding a partner in this. To be determined. We'll have to get an update soon. Right. We continue. But um, but yeah, so that's that's my my vision and hope for for the podcast. Expanding oh, the the reach and and the listeners in, in that regard. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, <laughs> and I know we talked about a lot today, but what is like your biggest piece of advice for a current SPT? Oh, let's see. Where do I start? My advice is to be okay with, you know, that B or that C because we work so hard to get in, right? I mean, you're, you want to present your best self for these programs. And sometimes it's not always your grades. It could be, you know, other extracurricular things that you're doing to really be well-rounded. And I know for me, I wanted to keep that same level of performance. And it just, it took a lot out of me mentally to be able to do that, especially now this was full-time. When I was taking my prereqs that I was doing that part-time, but now this is a full-time program. And in my situation, it was also, it's also accelerated. So to try to maintain that high level of academics was difficult. And I realized that when I did only focus on the grade, I was missing out on vital lessons on why, <laughs> why am I even doing all of this? Why, what's important about what they're trying to teach me and how will it benefit the patient? Because the patient's not going to care if you had the 4.0, because if you, if all your focus is on academics, but yet you lack bedside manner and connecting and rapport, it really doesn't equal out to you being a great clinician. So just give yourself grace. In, in that realm. I mean, of course, there are standards where you have to maintain a certain GPA, but at the same time, for me, especially, if I had to balance, okay, getting in this these extra couple hours of studying or going to the park or going and spending, you know, some time with family, that quality time, I will opt for, for that quality time. And the difference between that A and that B sometimes it doesn't, you know, make that, that big of a difference. So just give yourself grace when it comes to, you know, those grades that you make on, on a test or on a a practical, you know, because you're, it's all going to come together in the end. Solid piece of advice. It's (laughs) so true. And honestly, just having that quality time, like you said, is so important. And I know, we talk about it a lot, but mm-hmm. it's just, it's so vital for your mental health, your emotional yeah. health, physical, right. everything. So that was great, great advice. And no matter how many times we hear it, it's right. nice it's to hear from someone else. Yeah. Yeah. If you hear it so many times, it must be true. <laughs> exactly. And where can people reach out to you on social media? Because we know uh, any students listening to this, they were like, okay. I love this episode. Where can they get in contact with you? Oh, so you can find me on Facebook. You can look me up, Donette Waters. And I'm always open to talking to people through Messenger. Um, 
You can find me on Instagram, either my personal page, which is melodic patients. I don't know if I need to spell melodic. Will you guys post that? Cause it's the long. We'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> you guys can click on it. <laughs> so melodic patients, that's my, my personal handle on Instagram. And then for the student, um, page on Instagram that is moms and PT school dot podcast. That was good. Thank you so much for coming on today, Donette. Thank you both. I'm this was fun. This was fun. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of gratitude. We would absolutely love to hear your biggest takeaway from this episode and share it out on all of the social media platforms and tag us so we can see it. And if you like our show, the best thing you could do is to take a minute to write a review to help us get this out to more students like you to shift the narrative away from stressed and broke SPT.